All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in the studio with me as he is most Fridays. UW Lacrosse political science professor, Doctor Anthony Chagoski. Happy Friday, Rick. And I'll just put this note out at the top of the hour. Maybe you know, so if anyone listens later, they won't know. But we're not going to talk about any. Well, at least we're not going to talk about any local sexual scandals. So I'll just say that right now. If you if you're thinking about if we're going to spend another entire hour on um, a certain chancellor getting fired for posting videos of his wife and him having sex on the internet, that's not what we're going to do today. But it is the end of the year. I could have had that New Year's end of the year song queued up. Oh, I could yeah. have played the da, 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 da. But I didn't because it's not really New Year's yet. So it's not quite. But with Christmas and New Year's falling out on a Monday. And I always say, if you're going to take Friday off, don't take Monday off if you have a choice. But with the holiday on a Monday, it's weird. I think if I had a choice in all of this, I would have the holiday if or the day off on a Wednesday. I feel like having Monday off is, is weird. I don't know why. It just seems very, even if you're home and off on a Monday, I feel very kind of like, oh, like depressed. And the weekend is over yesterday but I'm not at work and I have to go to work tomorrow. I don't know. Do you get that feeling too? Well, here's what happened for me, Rick. Having Christmas on a Monday made me completely lose track of which day was which for the rest of the week. Yeah. I'm like, is it Thursday today? Oh, wait, no, it's Wednesday. Welcome to my world because I <laughs> all the news that we write is for tomorrow. So right. I'm always, when I'm writing, I'm saying tomorrow, even though it was yesterday and yesterday, even though it's today. And and that's why you know people think probably think I'm a weirdo when I don't know what day it is to start the show because I literally just am thinking ahead. Um, well, but you're yeah, a just, night owl though. Well, and I'm a night owl, so it's just like I work through the the, the midnight hour. And then, um, but yeah, just like we're gonna have Monday off, and then we, and it'll be a short week. But it doesn't feel like a short week. I feel like we've gotten to Friday, and it's still just and we need. I think if we're gonna do the four day work week as a society. Are we doing Friday, Monday, or Wednesday? Anyone wants to shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. Ooh, Hayes should use this that as like, a people poll. Yeah, people poll question, right? Like if I knew how to do the people poll question <laughs> on the internet, I would do that. But uh, I could do a Twitter poll. But like, if, if you could pick a day of the week to have off, Friday, Monday, or Wednesday, those are your choices. Just shoot me a text, let me know. And I will vote Wednesday because uh, experiencing Christmas on a Monday was awful. Uh, not Christmas was fine, but just having that day off. And then uh, you never want Friday off because it's the laziest, funnest day of the week. Even if you're just grinded at work, at people are in a good mood. It's interesting. When we started Savannah at daycare, we had her go on Monday, Tuesday, then not Wednesday, but then on Thursday and Friday. So I guess we gave her Wednesday off if you're yeah. taking a day off from daycare, if that's well, like a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, you gave yourselves Wednesday on is what you did, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you kind of did yeah. the opposite. Uh, coming up on the show today, we have three top ten lists you put together. I've got three top ten. So these three top five lists. These would oh top five yeah. These would be like Chergoski's stories of the year, yes, so to speak. And then the the bottom five are the weirdest stories of the year that we've covered, or their new entrances. yes. I entrances. reviewed all of our weird news that we covered and came up with my five favorites. How long did you spend on this? Oh, like 10 minutes. Okay, so you have we have federal stories or U.S. national? Yeah, national. Are they all political? The, uh, the first two lists are all political. Okay. I've got the top five national political news stories and the top five Wisconsin political news stories, in my opinion, in my opinion. All right, so if we did a pie chart of, let's just say, 10 minutes, 
and you took you have three different top five lists: federal stories, political, Wisconsin stories, political, and weird stories, political. Uh, percentage of of weird stories that you spent out of like a hundred percent. What's the percentage that you? I don't know why I started with pie. It, it was more honestly the weird stories because I had to think back. Like, what were the weird stories we talked about at the beginning of twenty twenty three? You probably spent like seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, and there was some great, great stuff. It like the well, I won't spoil it, but things that. I really that were very amusing when you know when they came up in like February. And now before before we think of it, we got to just refresh the wire today because we got we got we keep getting Friday news. Dumps. Oh, we got news dumps. I am surprised oh, so badly last. I'm week. surprised the news that happened a couple of days ago didn't get news dumped from to a Friday either. The UW lacrosse news, but we won't talk about that. We're not talking about that. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. All right. So when we come back from break, do you want to do? We're, are we going to save the weird stories? We're going to embed the weird stories in the middle. I think we should tease the weird stories. Maybe we can start with the Wisconsin ones. Perhaps should we just do? Okay, here we'll just tease. Should we go five 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 four 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 three 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 two two two? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to do our top five Wisconsin politics stories. Number five in Wisconsin. Number five federally, and number five just the weirdest. Yeah, we'll just bounce news. around. I'm such a good producer. <laughs> You should be the host, and I'll be the producer. We'll just go back to that again. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Top five of the year, 2023. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solon in the studio with me, UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski, 608-785-7914. It's the talking text line. We are not talking about Joe Gao. Just stop texting me about it. He can't do it. He could be used as a witness in the lawsuit. That's all I'll say. I'm kidding, of course. All right, we have top five federal stories in in our political. In the sense that I have no knowledge of vegan cooking. (laughs) You you do too. Come on, your voice vegan. No, she's dairy free. (laughs) I was gonna let it sit uncomfortably. (laughs) Okay, top five Wisconsin political stories, top five federal political stories, and top five weird stories that we have covered on the show. And Tregoski definitely spent more time on the on the last category. Yes. But should we go federal or Wisconsin? We're going to go five, 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 four, four, four. Yep, we can start with Wisconsin. My number. Here, here's okay. the thing though, because the, the show it's 17 after. Yes. What's going to happen is we're going to get to the number ones and we're going to have four seconds to talk about the, we'll both. go quickly. So the fives we could m- maybe, you know, go through quick and then we can milk the, the top two at least. My fifth top Wisconsin politics news story of 2023 is DEI. That was a topic in several ways throughout the year. Robin Voss, the Republican Assembly Speaker, has made it a mission to try to combat DEI. He views it as indoctrination. He views it as a form of discrimination. Meanwhile, Democrats argue that DEI is consistent with what business wants, that businesses really like people having knowledge of DEI, that businesses are prioritizing this, and thus we should include it in government operations. We should include it in education. But that was a big deal throughout the past couple months, especially as the universities of Wisconsin faced funding cuts as a result of what Robin Voss said was too much money spent on DEI. So there was a deal made, some concessions from the universities of Wisconsin on DEI. But Rick, Robin Voss says this is the first step. 
this deal that he made with the UW system. So that's why I put it as a top story because it not only played a key role in 2023, we can expect that DEI will continue to be a controversial issue in Wisconsin going into 2024. Are Republicans looking at something to be outraged about heading into election season because they tried to perpetuate the 2020 election with Michael Gableman investigations? And I, I could probably name like two or three other examples if I had time to think that just kind of fell through the cracks. It didn't quite last the four years that they wanted it to. We always predicted that 2020 was going to be perpetuated at least the two years, and it did. And so like uh, Michael Gableman, it's not like he's going to bring up Michael Gableman and, and the big investigation that he had into 2020 heading into campaign season. Um, medical marijuana, we saw him talk about that. We we're going to try to legalize medical marijuana. We're just trying to grab political headlines that the Republicans want to say, look at us, we're doing a thing, and you should vote for us because good. And um, you could just go through the things that Voss said we talked about last Thursday as all the things, hey, we're not going to, and another thing that didn't work, we didn't, um, we didn't, we're not going to, uh, uh, Janet Protasiewicz, I just forgot the word, impeach. Yep. We're not going to do that. So like we're, we're sweeping these things under the rug and look at us, we're going to go after DEI because nobody can explain it. I think the conservative base got excited about the idea of impeaching Justice Janet Protasiewicz, but for any number of reasons, it was not possible for Robin Voss as the Republican Assembly Speaker to move forward with impeachment. So then the question is, okay, well, if the base of the party is disappointed because they're not impeaching Janet, Justice Janet, well, then what can they do instead? And DEI does seem to motivate the Republican base. I don't know if it really connects with the moderate middle of the road swing voters in a general election, like if they care that much, but motivating the base is important for a political party. Certainly it's, it's important for Voss. It's probably not the worst thing to go after politically. I mean, it, it definitely just literally is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we want to get rid of that, which is a very weird thing to say. Um, but, but I think people that work in jobs that have to take training videos sure. and, and, and that always see that as kind of an eye roll and something that like, okay, I just got to get through the video and answer the questions correctly. And then I can move on with my day because I don't care about this in a way that is like the, the training videos that we've all taken in our jobs at some point or another. We kind of just like, okay, we just got to get through it to, to say that I did it. But but here's the thing, too. This is number five, right? We're going to spend more time on this. <laughs> but the, the Republicans want to cut the positions, or they did, and then create a conservative thought position. Yep. Did we define that? Do we even know what that is? Yeah, it would be a privately funded professor position that studies conservative political thought. So right now under the de- under the deal, UW-Madison, I believe, has to try to raise money to hire someone to study conservative politics and conservative ideology. Okay, so do then, like anything, do the liberals then go, where's our liberal thought position, right? Like, I mean, because the argument for Republicans is everyone's a liberal in college, Mm -hmm. but but there is no liberal thought position, right? So that would be the next thing. It's such a stupid thing. It's an interesting part of the deal. It certainly caught my eye because it's a complicated deal. At the end of the day, it's really about DEI. That's what Robin Voss is going after. But there's a lot going on in this deal between- Yeah, and we're spending way too much time on it. And also like- uh, anyway, all right, let's go. Number five, top Wisconsin political, no, top national yeah. political story is uh, is one that's probably not going anywhere for at least a year. Well, probably for longer than it's that. It's not. My top five, my fifth ranked top national political story, number five on my list is aging politicians. 
we had a lot of conversation in 2023 about the age of politicians. Joe Biden in his in his 80s. Donald Trump is 77. When we look at Congress, there are some old members of Congress. Mitch McConnell is in his 80s. Chuck Grassley, the senator of Iowa, is 90. Mitch McConnell's health became a major issue due to his freezing episodes. And Joe Biden's, the number one concern voters have about Joe Biden is his age. So overall, the age of politicians, it's increasing and increasing and increasing. And it seems to be on the public's radar, this issue. The public seems to be concerned about this issue in a way that perhaps wasn't the case before. Yeah, there's a world here where aging, having older politicians is good because they're just experienced. I mean, there's whole other cultures that are just you, that, those people are your leaders because they're the elders, right? Like they're just, they know more than anything than anyone else. And I would say, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, older people, are like, wow, you just have a wealth of knowledge. But I think it's more the optics of the aging sure. politician that we get wrapped up in, right? When And optics is fair when Mitch McConnell literally freezes multiple times in the middle of a news conference and they have to like, you know, like he's a plank and they have to like pick him up and carry him away because he's just he's caught in a reboot. And then obviously Donald Trump and Joe Biden have their optical, you know, problems. Joe Biden, um, you know, m- miss saying things and just the, the, they make fun of him not knowing which way to go and all that stuff. And Donald Trump with his like cushion mat that he's got to stand on and and just you know the the weird things that both of them say so and rick one of the real quick one of the terms that trended on social media in 2023 was gentocracy which refers to a government controlled by those who are significantly older than the general population all right so do we need to move on yeah we we can move on to our number five on the weird say i want to save the weird stories because they're so good (laughs) Uh, number five. Okay, this one. This one has has a little bit of a Wisconsin flavor to it. I, I would say, but in in New Mexico, right? Or is it just the city? Did the city do it or the state? It was in New Mexico, the state. Okay, so they when Wisconsin, we're trying to do a couple of different things statewide. A, a, a statewide cheese. Uh huh. Didn't we do the drink kind of? And then not that we, was a we, topic we of spent, discussion. Well, we did it, but only by uh, but resolution. Non-binding. non-binding. Non-binding resolution. Um, old so I'm fashions. not sure what it would mean to have a binding law on the on like the drink of. Yeah, you the can't state. you can't throw away an old fashioned. Right. If if no brandy old fashioned is your state <laughs> drink, you have to drink all of it. Right. Is what would happen. I'm, you know, I'm done. I got to drive home. I can't finish my brandy. No, it's the state drink, sir. You must drink it. And then when you get pulled over for DUI, just tell the officer and you go up about your way. Uh, yeah, but but I love how our state politicians decided to spend any amount of time trying to figure out whether the brandy old fashioned or whether Colby cheese, right? Was it Colby? Yes. Should be the state cheese. Thanks, guys. You know, coming out of a pandemic, inflation at all time high, $7 billion budget surplus, uh, we can't get a budget done. You know, all that was right in the midst of uh, the fact that, like, oh, let's do a state drink. <laughs> and we did try to do a state gun as well. That was sure. legislation that somebody decided to work on. Um, but in Santa Fe, New Mexico, or in New Mexico, they got it done. They have a state aroma. Yes, yes. The New Mexico state aroma 
is green chili peppers roasting on an open flame. It got us thinking you have about to sing that. I think. Well, yeah. no, last yeah, it week it sounds like a song, it. right? Green chili peppers <laughs> roasting on an open flame. It got us thinking about the potential of Wisconsin having a state aroma. Yeah, what were our our nominees? It was a it was campfire, like a brat fry, or something. Yeah, brat brats on the grill, um, brats and crowd. I think most yeah. of them were brat related. Most of them were, um, brat but related. no, one was a campfire, like yeah. straight up a campfire. I feel like we're stealing campfires, like, like so not Wisconsin. Aroma of a tavern, perhaps. Like, what about this one? You might not know, but like the smell of snowmobile. Oh, sure. Like the gas, sure. the gas burning of a snowmobile that has a just like a unique aroma that I think, um, you know, was, you know, it is ironic though because it just doesn't snow anymore. So we just we we're done with snow unless you live in Canada. Um, all right, so let's zip back up. I think we can get number four done. The number four top ten, top five Wisconsin political stories. Number four is. Deals that got done. So now yeah. so you're kind of cheating here, and we better not spend a ton of time, even though now we have three things uh, within one one segment. The Brewers deal got done. Shared revenue for municipalities, which got lacrosse another million dollars, got done. Um, and then education funding. Is that part of the – what do you mean by education funding? Yeah, increases to voucher programs for private schools and also increases to public K-12. Okay. So – even though Wisconsin is in a period of a deep political divide and we have divided control of government. I mean, we have parties that are extremely far apart. We have divided control of government with a Democratic governor and a Republican-controlled state legislature. It would lead you to believe that very little would get done, and that was largely true this year. But some things did get done. A deal for Brewers Stadium renovations, a deal on shared revenue, that is to say increases in funding for local governments, and the increase in education funding, private vouchers, and public K-12. Two things. One, uh, the, a deal got done with like alcohol in the state too. Yep. Kind of messed that up. I, yep. Not messed that up, but I forgot about that one. But I also, I don't understand. I want to have somebody on that would have been affected by that on the show someday to just kind of talk about. Because that apparently was a huge deal that the like, legislature was working on yep. for decades maybe. Um, and then the education funding within that, embedded in that, it would be Governor Evers' veto pen, the 400-year deal of increasing student funding yes. per head, right? Yes, yes, yes. 402 years of increases in funding for K-12. That was using the governor's powerful partial veto, where he can take out individual letters, individual numbers. He can mess around with the budget that got passed and try to make it his own, try to make it more to his liking. Yeah, the— I mean, when the, I mean, there's a whole show on like, how did the veto pen come to, to be? And why would anyone go? Yeah, you could cross off letters and numbers to make your own words up within a budget as long as they're in the correct order. And that'll be binding legislation for the next two years. Like, what moron thought of that? Oh, there have been some doozies over the years. I mean, just going back to Tommy Thompson's, he was one of the most creative we've ever seen with this power. Yeah, but just the idea that that somebody thought that was a good idea, right, kind of right. like, hey, you know what? Whatever, whatever political party wins an election every decade, they get to draw the maps. Like that's <laughs> a great, like what morons were writing this stuff uh, back in the day. Um, all right, number five, number four, top political national story of the year. Yeah, number five was aging politicians. Number four on my list is Biden's re-election bid goes unchallenged in the Democratic Party. Last April, Joe Biden announced that he was running for re-election. And given his low approval ratings, given the concerns about his age, 
were questions about if he would face a challenge from within the Democratic Party, but that challenger has not emerged. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was an underwhelming challenger in the Democratic Party because his approval ratings were much better among Republicans than Democrats. Meanwhile, Marianne Williamson is not a serious threat to Joe Biden. And Dean Phillips, the member of Congress from Minnesota, does not seem to be gaining traction in his last minute bid. So overall, even despite all the concerns about Joe Biden and his political viability in 2024, he does not face any threat at this point for his nomination as the Democratic Party presidential candidate. At what point do people just need to stop asking? Because Joe Biden brought lit this flame up two weeks ago when he said, hey, I wasn't going to run. And then I heard Donald Trump was running. So I thought I I could run again or I should run again. But anyone could beat him. Like there's many Democrats. He he fanned this flame a couple weeks ago. But at what point do we just got to put to bed the idea that somebody of of record, you know, recognition would run against Biden. I'd say we can do that right now. It ain't going to happen okay. unless something really wild occurs. Or, or we go back to number five aging politics. Yeah, something like that. All right, we we got to do number number four. Funny story when we come back because it's a perfect tease because funny stories are so funny. We got to stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski hanging out as he does most Fridays. And we're to- we're we're counting down the end of the year with our top five Wisconsin political stories, federal political stories, and weird political stories that we have covered. So the weird ones are ones we have covered, although I think we've probably covered all of these to some extent. Yes. When it comes to uh we don't hit on the federal stuff as much, even though like people love to talk about Anything that's, you know, especially Biden, Trump, that's so unproductive. I was listening to whatever, whoever's in for Hannity, you know, kind of rail against whatever Joe Biden and this he undoes all the Donald Trump. And I was just like, <sighs> anyway, like it just has no effect on me. Um, so with uh, local elections coming up, you know, like it just seems way more important to, to start digging into that. But our number four weirdest story that we've talked about on this show it comes just a couple of weeks ago, right? Yes. This one, but this one, if you want to talk about like lasting impacts of of possible um, people that are serving punishments for doing illegal things, this one could have the biggest ramifications, I think, across the nation. <laughs> is these two guys? They 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 stole about what over twenty one hundred dollars worth of items from Kohl's, right? Yep. yep. And the and it, anything over two thousand dollars goes from misdemeanor to felony. Correct. And if you, but the the guys are arguing because it's Coles that in this they're right that this stuff is always on sale. There's always a twenty percent coupon for the stuff that they sold, and then on top of that, like a lot of the stuff, they just go Coles is going by what's on the sticker. Yeah. And if you're going to a store and you look at the sticker or the 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 UPC the price tag, whatever store you're at, and you go, I'm paying this for this, then you're an idiot. Because you just got to wait till the next week when it goes on sale. And that's what these guys are saying. They go, we didn't steal $2,100 worth of stuff at Kohl's. <laughs> Most of this stuff probably had that one day only 40% coupon. And I had some Kohl's cash on top of that. I love this. Yeah. So according to the Denver Gazette, the two thieves cited discounts on the sticker prices and the Kohl's coupons they had 
to bring the items down below the threshold for felony theft in Colorado, which is, as you said, $2,000. It's great that they had the Kohl's app open and they're showing the police, no, I got the 30% I had the 30% week. text. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, how many of you out there, when you get the 30%, you just send it to your couple of your friends? I mean, your mom definitely. Your mom definitely gets the 30% screenshot. Mom, I got the 30% or the rare 40% one day only. Oh, if my wife gets the 40%, she lets me know immediately on our the text message there's like a little dance in the living yeah, room 40 yeah. i got the 40 and then you can't use it on anything the 40 percent dance i like that yeah right um all right so that one's that one's hilarious and if it, it you know what if a, if they go to to a lawsuit and they and the judge or whatever the jury is like yeah all that stuff is on sale because i think every jury would be go yeah that stuff is never retail like kohl's it's always on sale then the because the jury's gonna side with them and then in that regard if it goes to a jury trial and then sweeping uh, across the nation will be anyone that's had to serve some kind of punishment for that jump felony to misdemeanor. We could go back to the Shopco days because everything in Shopco, this blanket's $180, but it's 99% off this week only. I can't believe it. What a deal. Oh, yeah, like Hobby Lobby and any number of other stores where there's always a sale. I think this story is actually great for Kohl's, great public relations, because it highlights the great deals that you can get at Kohl's. Amazing deals at Kohl's. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Herb Kohl. Um, all right, number Indeed. number three political Wisconsin story of the year of 2023. So number four was the deals that got done, uh, the alcohol deal, the education funding, shared revenue, brewer, brewers. So number three, the deals that didn't get done. The deals that did not get done. We talked about how gridlock is the norm in Wisconsin due to polarization between the political parties and due to divided control of government. When it comes to the deals that did not get done, there were a couple key ones. The Lack of a major tax cut. There's a lot of hype, a lot of expectation going into the budget process in 2023 about using the $7 billion budget surplus to give people a substantial tax cut. That did not happen. Was As, it a substantial one, though, or was it just a tax cut? Well, yeah, depending on which, you know, wh- your income, I guess, you know, the. No, I don't think it was because it was just a percentage of your income. Sure, so the, sure. I, you know, d- it was the, a 0. 0.9 or 0.8% tax cut. I guess you would think about it in terms of how much revenue for the government. Does this tax cut okay, take away? Okay, so if you take the whole, like all like of the how money. Much, how much of the surplus does the tax cut If you cut take all hit? of the money combined that what everybody would get in a tax cut, yep. it would be a substantial price tag for yep, the yep, state yep. of Wisconsin. Correct. But if you took the, the money that someone making $32,000 a year is, it's like, you know, like 12, 15, whatever it is, bucks a month. And maybe that is or isn't substantial to to you, but it isn't substantial in the grand scheme of things. It's a fair point, Rick. I think what political observers, yeah, myself included, what we were watching is of the seven billion dollar surplus, how much of that could be used for a tax cut? And the answer ended up being very, very little. There was a very small tax cut enacted during the budget process, vetoes of made by yeah. Governor Evers. I, I bring it up all the time, Governor Evers vetoed the tax cut because the, the the tax cut lumped in at least single in, in, the, in the families one is a little bit different but singles twenty seven thousand dollars to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars something like that that was the lump that we're all in the same tax bracket together which is kind of ludicrous 
All right. Um, Another deal that did not get done, child care. Governor oh, yeah. Evers and the Democrats really tried to push for a deal on child care, extending a program called Child Care Counts, which provides money to child care providers. Republicans did not bite on that. They were not interested in making that deal. And so right now we're in a period of uncertainty. It's a deal that did and didn't get done, right? Because after all the hoopla... And you can criticize Governor Evers for this, and God forbid I criticize the Democrat. But then after all the hoopla and the idea that he couldn't get child care counts done in a in a special session, right? Then he goes, oh, I found some federal money. We're going to do it anyway, but it's a, it's a Band-Aid on, uh, on something. But but the whole the whole idea of child care tax or child whatever it's called, um, it's always a Band-Aid because we don't know if we're going to have a budget surplus like we have every year. So the child care counts one is kind of questionable. Well, this actually relates to the whole idea of deals not getting done because the fact that there was not a major tax cut, at least a tax cut that really ate into the surplus, means that right now there's a projected $4 billion budget surplus in Wisconsin. Oh, is it four now? Yeah, four right now. I thought it was seven two weeks ago. So, so It was seven as we began the budget process. Now it's down to four as a result of some decisions that were made throughout the previous okay. year, but that's a still solid chunk of change. Yeah, when you're it's, talking o- about it's only, surpluses. it's only 4 yeah, billion, only 4 billion. We just use it all to fix you know, a bridges. billion here, a billion there. Eventually you're talking about real money, right? Um, number three, federal story. Uh, just maybe the house of representatives. Yeah. Congress, for the House of Representatives, Speaker Chaos, Kevin McCarthy having to go through over a dozen votes in January to try to secure the speakership. But it was a very tenuous and ultimately temporary hold on. You say over a dozen, but it was 13. Oh, really? It was one, wasn't it? I think it was I went 13. for over a dozen because I was struggling to think of okay. the exact. Number. I thought you were doing the thing where you're like over a dozen. You're like it's one over a dozen. I thought I, I thought it was thirteen. You know, I Mc- could be wrong. Though. McCarthy ends up getting overthrown by Representative Matt Gates of Florida and some collaborators of Gates leads to this wild series of events where Republicans are searching for a new speaker. They ultimately land on they went Mike through Johnson. Four guys, right? Yeah, they they did. Was it was it guys too? Did any woman get uh, a chance? Steve Scalise. Jim Jordan, Tom Emmer. Emmer's from Minnesota, right? Of Minnesota. Those are the three that come to mind. So not a woman. No woman. I don't believe so. Interesting. I don't believe um, so. Yeah, that was that was always fun. And then the government shut down, right? We shut the government down. And do we have to get a government shutdown? Like, and we're looming there as well, right? We, we are. And generally what we have observed in Congress is that there have not been any major legislative achievements of the Congress yeah, in the we, past year. We'll lump the Senate in here with yeah. the U.S. Senate. The Democrats have the Senate by one seat. The Oh, we do, George Santos got kicked out. We got to mention that. Bob Menendez Bob is hiding Menendez. gold bars from um, Egypt under his uh, under his mattress as 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 bribes. Um, we haven't kicked that Democrat out of the Senate yet because, you know, only one seat advantage. Am I, am I criticizing Democrats again? Unbelievable. So the idea that, and then they passed 20 bills this year, which is like an all time low by like 50 bills. Yeah. Statistically, according to Axios, the current Congress, the Congress in office right now is on track to be one of the most unproductive in modern history with just a couple dozen laws on the books at the close of 2023. See, we we see the crunch time now. Look at the crunch time we're getting into because we're getting, (laughs) we're only to number three. We got six more to do after this one. Weird story. Number three, weird story that we covered on, uh, on this show. Um, A school worker stole 11,000 cases of chicken wings, um, essentially a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings. So what? one of the lunch ladies was throwing chicken wings in their trunk or something. This is from NBC5 in Chicago. I shouldn't laugh because it's a terrible thing, but also 
chicken wings, of all things to do with stolen money, chicken wings. Cook County prosecutors charged the former head of food services at a South Suburban Chicago school district of engaging in a massive embezzlement scheme in which she allegedly stole more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings and $1.5 million in taxpayer funds over a 19-month period, court documents revealed. I want to know, just like, where do you put 11,000 cases This is the theme. Okay, first of all, it was over a 19-month period. Yeah. This is the theme with all of these stories, though. And it's about five to 700 cases of chicken wings per month. Did you... Do that or do I, the I story? Just, on the fly, I'm doing the math. Nice job, because the story doesn't even do that for us, right? <laughs> this is the problem with these stories that are outrageous. We want all the details. It'll come up as more as we go to these weird stories. But was this person just like throwing a case of chicken wings in the trunk every night after right, school, after right. their job, and then you know they for 19 months straight they were just eating chicken wings, or were they like selling chicken wings? Were they doing the chicken cues on the weekends and selling? That's the- right. We talked about if this person was maybe. Coming by the area to do a chicken cube. Yeah, right. Hey, that, these chicken wings taste an awful lot like my kid had for lunch, you know, today. What the hell? Uh, all right, number two Wisconsin story is we got new maps. And new I will maps. say, no, we didn't. Drew. We're on track to potentially, possibly, maybe get new maps. At least that is based on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court ruling that came down last week. This is exactly what Democrats have been wanting because the current district maps in the Wisconsin State Assembly and the Wisconsin State Senate really are as bad as they could possibly get for the Democrats. I mean, like these maps are awesome. When it comes to the Republicans, they even got they got awesomer, right? Yeah. From 2010 to, to now, when they did the maps two years ago, they got more awesome like, for the Republicans. Republicans drew amazing maps and they ended up getting better and better for the Republicans over time. So it, to the, I, I chuckle to myself when Republicans say, oh, there was no gerrymandering. To the contrary, not only was this gerrymandering, this is one of the best gerrymanders I've ever seen. I mean, this is I'll just use the funny word here, exquisite, in terms of, you know, the effectiveness of the gerrymander of the the maps here in Wisconsin. And so for for Democrats, any, any new maps are better than these maps. Like, they can't get any worse for the Democrats than these maps. So to the extent that there are going to be any new maps, that represents a huge win for the Democrats. Wisdomnews.com slash podcast. Go to Monday's show. I ranted about it with Jay Heck from Common Cause Wisconsin. The whole show it was a very interesting conversation. I, I, I ended with more questions, but okay, moving on. Number two federal story that we covered here, or I guess maybe we did or didn't cover. We didn't really cover this one, but the number two, this is funny that this is number two, Jergoth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it relates to the number one story federally, but Donald Trump's legal problems. We experienced unprecedented developments surrounding the legal problems facing a former president. We've got a bunch of legal problems that mounted for Donald Trump. Right now, there's a lot of talk about the 14th Amendment and Donald Trump's eligibility for the ballot. Yeah, he's kicked off in Colorado and Maine. And Maine. And there's a complaint just filed in Wisconsin aimed at making its way through the court system, perhaps to the Wisconsin State Supreme Does it matter that he kicked off in Colorado and Maine? Or do those go to Biden? It it, it very much does matter because it could lead to a U.S. Supreme Court ruling on Donald Trump's eligibility. So it only matters in that regard. But if we just left it, you don't get Colorado or Maine. Well, they were going to go to Joe Biden anyway, maybe. You know, Maine is a bit of a different story. Colorado has increasingly become a blue state, but those states were not going to be decisive in the presidential but, election. But Wisconsin's like, oh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's the big prize. Wisconsin is the big prize. Right. And and so we've got 
all of these legal issues that hang over Donald Trump as we go into 2024. It's the Georgia case surrounding election. We all, we all know. We got yeah, blah, 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 We're going to get to we got to get yep. to number one here. But number two, weird story that we covered. And this probably is my favorite one of the ones that we covered was the woman that stole the five hundred dollar salad. Yes. Yes, there was a woman in Georgia, Kaylee Elizabeth the Wait, a ro- uh, who she entered the kitchen at Harvest Moon Cafe, a restaurant in Georgia, after it was closed, and proceeded to open the food cooler. She then made herself a salad. During the process, she touched multiple food items with her bare hands, which meant the restaurant was forced to throw away those items. The value right. of the food items is five hundred dollars. This is from Fox Five. This is Atlanta. where our 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 funny line to the story was she made a $500 salad and then police busted her because she broke into the restaurant and then the police come in with their guns drawn and she's got like this fancy ass salad right like what is in the salad that's $500 worth but now as you see the rewrite because we always want the uh the more of the details is she probably just touched or breathed on certain amounts and then as a restaurant you just have to throw away all the food right, right? like this goes back to what happened in Sparta the other day um, the, the, a part-time worker, 17 year old burned or, or allegedly started a fire in the Walmart. And we don't know how that fire started or why she decided to start this fire. But of course, like Walmart and, and, and the authorities come up with a $7.5 million in damages, just like that. Like, how did you do that? Really? Seven and a half million dollars. Like it didn't take you more than 24 hours to like, at least assess how many damage, how much stuff was damaged. Roof damage, uh, sprinkler damage, water damage. It's just it's just kind of hilarious. Um, all right, I'm not going to let you talk, Trigoski. We're going to do our number ones when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. UW Lacrosse, political science professor Anthony Trigoski giving us his top five list here federally in Wisconsin politics and then our just weird stories that we've covered on these Fridays, uh, Lacrosse Talk PMs. In Wisconsin, number five, or number one, the, the biggest story of the year in Wisconsin is Janet Protasewicz. This was an easy one for me. The victory of Janet Protasewicz to flip the majority on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court from a four to three conservative majority to a four to three liberal majority. It put in place, it put in motion the series of events that led to our second top Wisconsin story, the new map. I would say, right, like A, the, the, the thing cost like $50 million, yep. the race. B, it led to new maps. Yep. C, it's going to lead to the 174-year-old abortion ban law being kicked off. If not already, it's kind of already kicked off. But mm-hmm. like maybe we solidify abortion in Wisconsin as a as a law some in some way, shape, or form. Um, is there more? It's just like it's domino effect of flipping the majority control after 15 years. There are a lot of ways that this is a significant event. Of course, the Two you mentioned, Rick, were the main factors in the campaign. Abortion was the number one issue in the campaign in which Janet Protasewicz defeated her conservative competitor, Dan Kelly, by an 11-point margin. Abortion was the key issue, really stemming from the backlash to Roe versus Wade being overturned. We've seen that in Wisconsin. We've seen that elsewhere, that there's been a surge of enthusiasm among and, and energy among those who support the right to have an abortion as a result of the actions by the U.S. Supreme Court. So abortion was the key issue in the Protosawitz victory, shows the power of that issue, at least in that campaign, but also, of course, gerrymandering very much on the minds of many people. And I'll say if uh, Republicans could go back in time, they'd probably undo the Roe versus Wade thing if, if nobody uh, knew about it. 
Number one federal story from Anthony Zygogowski this year is what? DeSantis fades, and Donald Trump ends the year on track to win the GOP nomination. At the beginning of this year, there was so much hype about Ron DeSantis's potential campaign for presidency. He actually didn't announce until several months into 2023. But his candidacy has been, frankly, a disaster. But beyond that, Donald Trump's legal issues have caused Republican voters to rally around him. So I think there's rally been, around Trump, rally around Trump. So there's been two things going on. Ron DeSantis has run a horrible campaign. At the same time, Donald Trump has strategically and, and very cleverly and effectively used his legal issues to bolster his support in the Republican Party. That means that we are firmly on track for a Biden-Trump rematch in the did, 2024 Did you election. get your Donald Trump mugshot uh, trading cards? Or? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, all right, and then our number one story, our weird stories that we have covered on these Fridays with UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski, because we always do some political talk, and then some days we just waste the entire hour talking about something <laughs> goofy, and the number one story is what? Coach Coach fired after 22-year-old assistant girls basketball coach impersonates a 13-year-old player. <laughs> Turns out if you're 22 years old and playing against 13-year-olds in basketball, you can be pretty good. You, you're going to be dominant, <laughs> and you're probably going to stick out. You're probably not going to uh, be able to hide that very easily. Okay, when it says coach fired, though, is the head coach fired because he let his assistant play in the JV game? Yes, yes. The JV, this is from WAVY News. Arlisha Boykins, a 22-year-old former assistant coach on the Churchland JV basketball team in Portsmouth, impersonated a 13-year-old player who played for this team. The student-athlete was out of town at a club basketball tournament. Parents of the girl told WAVY the JV head coach, along with the head coach of the varsity girls basketball team, have both been fired. Sources tell the WAVY story that the coach was encouraging the behavior during the game. I love the video because yeah, there's video of of the the just the like woman. absolutely dominating. And I'll say woman because she's 22 years old yeah. playing as a 13 year old. You know the jersey should be a little tight. They're like oh, that jersey looks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but she 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 blocks one of the girls and then she comes down and and makes a a pretty tough layup. Yeah, I mean for against 13 year olds. But then she does the like fist pump and like, one. Yeah, I got fouled and, and I made the baby, basket. Yeah. Which is completely hilarious because like, yeah, you, yeah, you you're scored almost on. Almost twice their age. Why are you pumped up for <laughs> scoring on 13 year olds? Anyway, that's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor's top five list federally in Wisconsin and our weird stories. Thanks, Anthony. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody.